Welcome to Subtext and Discourse, a podcast which takes you behind the scenes of the art world with the unique individuals involved in the field. My name is Michael Dooney, director of Jarvis Dooney Gallery and host of the show. In today's episode, I'm speaking with photographer Barbara Wolfe. I met Barbara in 2017 when she participated in a workshop that I was giving on how to promote your photography in the art world. Neither of us could have anticipated how much this event would change her life going forwards. Born in East Germany when the country was still divided, Barbara is one of the few individuals to have lived on both sides of the Iron Curtain and to have captured this unique point of view through her photography. Please be sure to follow Subtext and Discourse Art World Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts. Leave a review and share the podcast with your friends. Now, without further ado, I hope you enjoy my interview with Barbara Wolf. So, yeah, Barbara, really lovely that we got to do this. And thank you for inviting me to your home in your studio here in Berlin. It's hard to know where to start with our conversation because I feel like you've done a lot up until the point that we met. And as somebody whose life is kind of defined by photography, I thought maybe rather than immediately starting with where we met and how that kind of opened up a whole new world we could go back to the start and just find out how it began for you i was born in 1951 in the small town called kuritz just in the middle of the distance from berlin to hamburg and my father was a photographer and that's why <laughs> I'm getting in touch with photography. So since a child you were interested? I think not really interested, but I spent a lot of time in his dark room watching what he was doing there and talking with him in the darkness. Yeah. It was a special situation. And when you finished school, you did an apprenticeship, really, with your father, didn't you? Yeah, I did. It was so that I wanted, no, at first, when it was a very interesting talk, maybe it was about 16 or 17, I was again standing in the darkroom beside <laughs> him and he asked me, what will you do after school time? And I told him I, I want to study Mathematic. Oh, okay. Yes, because I was good in mathematics and every teacher told me, you have to study. And that's why I didn't thought about another kind. But I was interested in painting and also art things. And my father answered, no, girl, that's nothing for you. What mm. will you do after the study? You are working in a big room with big machines in this time. Computers were very, very big and they needed one room mm -hmm. for all the things. And so he told me it's also possible to study photography. Wow, it's possible? Yes. And so he took me by car to Leipzig yeah. to the um, high school of book and graphic design, HGB it's called. Yeah. And which is like a university, it's a technical college. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no university. It's an academy. Okay. HGB, Hochschule für Grafik und Buchkunst. And it was the first academy in Germany where it was possible to study photography. Mm -hmm. Also before 19, 1900. 
Wow. Yeah, I think yeah. it's one of the oldest universities. Or yeah, Not oldest the oldest university, uh, the oldest academy for photography. Yeah. Because it was close to book design and Leipzig was special in this kind of printing art. And so they had it. Well, but when we have been there, I was 17 years old. I remember we only came to the secretary, not to a professor. No. <laughs> and the secretary told us, oh, we have so many people who want to study here. It's really hard to get the place, but you could uh, take it as a hobby. It's a nice hobby. And I was really a little bit, how to say, disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. And when we went out, I must say, there was really so that I, in the same time, I loved the building. I loved the students uh, walking through the halls there. And so I wanted to be there. That yeah. was really so impression for me. But I told my father, no, there's no chance. She told us it was a woman. And he said to me, why not? You will get it. <laughs> and so it was. That was really a very important thing that my father gives me this power to try it. Yeah. And so I guess you ultimately ended up going to the Hagebe Leipzig. How was that different from your exposure to photography through your father to going to, I guess, such a, a school to learn about? It was it? really hard. I entered the school one year after finishing my school uh, abitur in Kyritz because I was too young for the professor there. And this year, I got a good training in my father's workshop and made everything there, weddings, but also I made a little bit for newspapers there. Oh. And so, And all the nights I made portraits, I invited girlfriends, all girlfriends. <laughs> I made pictures there as portrait, also as nudes. And it was really very intensive time. But then in Leipzig, in this time of studying, all the other around me, they had much more experience in kind of art of photography. Okay. And I came from the small town. I was good in the handcraft, but I had to learn a lot from yeah. the other. <laughs> I was really a little bit frustrated. Yeah. Oh, so how was it then learning more about I guess the theoretical or conceptual approach to yeah, photography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yes, we had a very, I think, now I know that the study was not bad. Maybe not so in photography, but all things around. We had all the kind of graphic workshops there. I made many years enlarging, for mm -hmm. example. And yeah, every time of graphic art we have there. And so... I played there in these workshops and got my own experience also besides the photography. Because in photography in this time of my study, I was not so familiar with this because I, I hate the boys <laughs> wearing the heavy bags with a lot of cameras and yeah. lenses. And that was not my way. I thought it's not my way. And so I, After two years of the study, I went to this, how to say, this special class. We had three classes and I went to the class where we made more graphic things. Well, with photography, we called it photographic in this time. Okay. Yeah. We made posters and book design and LP covers and something like oh, this. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
I guess, because you did experiment a bit with collage and like mixing negatives and doing different things. That was yeah. my thing and I love it. Yeah. After you were in Leipzig, did you come back to Keenitz? Or you... No, never. Never really. Never no. really. Maybe in the summer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, in this time I'm after finishing the school, the plum was also called our, yeah, our last work. I stayed in Leipzig and I worked really in this kind of art. I had the first experience. I worked for um, publishing houses in Berlin and also for a few magazines. Yeah, because you were, I suppose, working between Berlin and Leipzig for a while, but eventually you moved to Munich, didn't you? No, Munich, it was later. You know, I stayed in East Germany till 18... 1985. Yeah, 85. And then I went to the West. How were you able to leave? Or how, how did this come about? Because I guess from my naive understanding, if you were in East Germany, you had to stay in East Germany of and course. you weren't allowed to leave. It was this time where the border was a little bit open, not really open, but there were some possibilities. We wrote together with my boyfriend and later my husband, we wrote a letter to Erich Honecker. He was a leader of GDR. Yeah. And we, at first, we tried to get a travel outside the East Europe just for study, you know, because we are artists and we want to study, we want to see the world and come back. And we didn't. And we got angry because one of my colleagues got this travel. Mm, okay. Yes, why? Maybe a little bit collaboration. I don't know, but we didn't. Yeah, We didn't get any travel. And so we write, no, if this is not possible, we want to finish the citizenship of GDR and want to go out. Oh, okay. And this was then it came, it needs nine months. I think nine months, yeah. like a child, get uh, um, to, uh, <laughs> to be born. Yeah, to be born. Yeah, and then we got it. But it was a hard time. In this time, I we lived in a small village, sechzehn Eichen. I lived there for we lived there for three years. I made there a lot of photos, and in this time, I really get familiar with photography a little bit later. Yeah, I watch the people, I watch the landscape, and also I watch the longing of the East German in Berlin, in Rostock, near the seaside. And 85, we had to leave. And the same day, we got a call and then you have to leave. Oh, We knew it two weeks before that it will happen, but not the day. Okay. And in this last day, it was really hard. Yeah, I don't know how to say. When we enter the border here in Berlin, my father brought us by car to this uh, Friedrichstraße, you know, this Tränenpalast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There we entered, really. Oh, really there. And yeah. then in the night, really in the night, last second of this day where we had to leave. But we had, we had to do so much. And really in this night, I remember my knees were really so, how to say, zittern. Yeah, they were shaking. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was really, I, I couldn't, it was everything also, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's not just like you're leaving to move from one town to another town. No, Like no, you're no. leaving a whole society, existence, whole world system. and everything, yeah. yeah. I guess how was the moments after that? Not easy, but it was very good. We went to Göttingen because there was a cousin of me living and she and her husband helps us a lot. Yeah. 
He also brought a few things by car. After we leave, he could go by car from Herz to Göttingen, from Göttingen to our village, 16 Eichen, and brought some things. Oh, okay. And my old friends really helped there. It was not easy what it was possible. By list, we had to write list. No? And before we leave, I sent to my cousin a lot of parcels with negatives, with photos mm. and with things are, yeah. which are important for me. Yeah. And so when you very first arrived then to Munich, or when you were getting set up there, how was it different? Or how did it compare to like Berlin and Leipzig? Yeah, my husband and me, we went to Munich because both of us get a job there. And that was very important. At first, when I was in Göttingen for about a half year, I sold some pictures to some a few newspapers and to a magazine, but then it was finished. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing more. It came not anything. Yeah. Just a call or addressing about not really a job or something like this. And so we had to earn money. And in Munich, I'm enter a photo studio and yes, I spent there a half year, but it was not really a good time because the, bo the boss knows the, chef, the boss. Yeah. yeah the the boss. boss every time told me that people don't pay for a picture you want to do. They only will pay for a picture they want. Yeah. And every day I had it. He had this, he, he knows that I have had to study in art and so, and so it was really a fight. Yeah. Was it also difficult as well with the kind of East German, West German thing? At a the time? little bit, but I got very fast contact to a woman artist. One day she came to this photo studio and I had to enlarge her photos in black and white um, because this I could do very good. Yeah. And I couldn't see what she has made on this photo. Yeah. I, I couldn't see. It was a kind of conceptual art. Yeah. And then she told me, well, come to me, I'll show you what's it. And then we got friends like today and it was something really installation in the, in the hall of his house oh, with wow. um, Federn. Uh, yeah, feathers. With, with feathers. Yeah. She makes sculptures with feathers. Hard to make photos of them. Yeah. But so I tried. The photos were good and we got closer and closer. And then we are friends still today. Oh, lovely. That's yeah, really, really nice. lovely. Really lovely. It was, it happens in the first time of Munich. And so it was on the right place. But this also was a problem. Many years after this, I was contacted in the art scene, but more than somebody who knows good to make the photos of these installations and of the artwork from the others, you know, yeah. not from my own. It oh, was right. a lot, long way to this, yeah? Yeah. So I guess on the way then, you worked for Linhoff, didn't you? Yeah, it was also, how to say, Zufall? My yeah. Zufall, what do you say? Um, serendipitous or it's by chance yeah, yeah by chance one young photographer who learned in my house in leipzig how to develop films and so he was already near munich and he gives me 
his job. He was now good in business and he worked as an assistant of Stefan Moses. Do you know Stefan Moses? No. It's one of the, it's very interesting, one of the great conceptual portraits. Later I can show you something of him. And he worked with portraits uh, really in a conceptual way. And I worked with him just more in the dark room. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much by shooting somewhere. Because for this, he likes to take boys because of driving car, hearing okay, yeah. the heavy things and so. And he also uh, gives me the contact to a woman who um, makes brochure with his photos. And this woman has a man and this man works by Linov in the marketing. And so... I got a contact to this man. And then he asked me, well, will you work here? And they had, in this time, they had a very old graphic designer there. Well, and then, <laughs> well, then I got it at first also in the kind of graphic design to make brochures. And then they thought, oh, she can make photos also. And so I did all. And later the factory got smaller and smaller. Very smaller, but on life till today. So I made many, many things like yeah, today. Wow. And every time I think, well, they can find something else. But, you know, I have so much experience in this field of working with large cameras and all this stuff. It's so difficult that I'm now in Berlin, but they call me from Munich and ask me also technical things, you know. Wow, because really? <laughs> the older are not anymore more, more there. Yeah? yeah, and I suppose people aren't learning it anymore. Yeah, it's, kind of a... it's really hard. Now, a lot of young people like large format cameras, but they are very, very expensive today, and yeah. they take it from the used market, yeah. the second market. No? Yeah, well, yeah, the cameras are expensive, and the film is harder to get. Uh, it's really hard, yeah. yeah. It's hard. But it is, and it Got a little bit better last year with getting the chemical things yeah. because of many people wanted again. Yeah. And me too, sometimes. Did you shoot large format before you worked there? Yes, I uh, use it in Leipzig with very big ones. Also with my experimental works, we had some repro cameras, very large, 30 to 40 centimeter. Oh, gosh. Just for a reproduction, yeah? she driving on rail in the studio, you know, really big yeah. ones. And later also, and before also in, in the study of my father, with 18 years, I made a portrait of a girlfriend of mine of five to seven inch. Yeah, that's, yeah. You know, it's good format. And I am. Um, how to say, I scribbled on the negatives, you oh. know, I made it a little bit, not not only better, I made it in my way, yeah. just like <laughs> I feel. It's very funny when I see it today, yeah? yeah. <laughs> not retouche only, I just scribble in the negatives, yeah, with 18 years, yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. As I understand, you've done a lot of teaching, actually. Like you've done lots of workshops yeah. and yeah, everything. <laughs> I think there are everything in the world of photography I made what was possible. But every time close to the photography, to the main yeah. photography. Yeah, I made workshop also at first for Linov. And uh, there I made it special when it came to digital art. I made the I think maybe I made the first workshops in Germany about 
94. It was very early. In this time, we worked with scanner camera, you know? Yeah. The motif has to be... Still. Uh, still. Yeah. And there was um, a moving of the scanner, like the flatbed scanner. Okay, it was for reproduction work, but I took it also for my photos of cameras. I made for Linov and all for some other things. Yeah. And I made workshop for this, yeah. Is that what led you into working at the design school in Munich? Yeah, that comes later because about 2000, the factory was closed. And in this time, it was a little bit hard. It was just a few months that it was closed and it was open again. And when it was closed, the last day of this factory, I got a call of a director of a big uh, graphic school in Munich and she knows me because of the workshop I made with the oh. students by Linov. Yeah. And so then he asked me if I could do for a teacher who's ill for a few weeks or a few months the job to teach photography. And so I entered in the school and then I changed to the graphic school in 2004 or 2002. I don't know. Remember, I have to look here. And yeah. then I worked there 10 years in Munich in the school. Later it was called Meisterschule für Mode. Okay, Master School for Fashion, but with a department for graphic design. Okay. And I made communication design and photography. Yeah. I, I teach. Because if I understood correctly on your CV, you also, through this, you traveled to Yemen and to Finland and yeah. to China yeah. and to Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. Most of them came together with my work. You yeah. Know? Yemen was the most strange. It was just the year where the factory, not wanted, will be closed mm -hmm. One the last month. It was very funny at Fotokina. And it was just coming the first workstation for digital art and there came a man with a small box with cakes you <laughs> know yeah with arabian letters on the cakes and he went to every station where digital photography were demonstrating mm -hmm. and i did it on the linhof booth because i was the only one who know how to work with this yeah And that was not easy to make a good shot of this cake, you know. But I did it. And I give him a CD, everything with CD in this time. And maybe two weeks later, I got a call from this boy from Yemen. And he said, I should come. I, he will buy the whole machine with everything I have made. And the photographer too. <laughs> yeah. So I had to do this in my holidays because yeah. I was a teacher just mm. beginning to start as a teacher I couldn't go one month away so we made it in eastern holiday it was really strange because you know women is one of the countries where really the woman cannot show till today the face they have just a small eyes looking around through the textile yeah really hard Yes, and I had to teach the people there with this, all the machine, the digital camera, a linear body, and the scanner came from a young company in Munich. They exist today, not anymore, but very fine scanner camera, anagram, with light and with the computer and with um, 
all the things you need in the professional photo studio. Yeah. It was hard to bring it there and it take a lot of time that everything could work or so the tastatura with the correct software for this what they wanted to, yeah. to use. I don't know what. Well, uh, but then I made it there and in the five days the machine works. The worker came with big sex with all the products. They made all products like cake, like food. It was a big food company in Yemen. And yes, and I work and work and work. They thought, oh, now she's here. She had to do a lot. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> she left and the other will not know no, how, how it, it works. <laughs> and at the same time, they, they make my shot very big enlargements, you know. I never had seen it here in Germany from my shots. Mm -hmm. The cakes were three meter large and it looks good. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> and all the men <laughs> with, uh, how to say, with a knife. It's rounded knife. It's um, typical, you know, so. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. what are they rounded called? Rounded knife. I can't remember if it's called like a cutlass Yeah, but you know what I mean, yeah? Yeah, like. They the came, ten or more, and looking to my work, wow, wow. <laughs> but everything was fine. Yeah, just, wow. Yeah. It was Yemen, yeah. I mean, I think even up until what we've spoken about now, yeah, not thinking about what's happened beyond this, like it's really incredible actually what photography has brought to your <laughs> life, really. Yeah. It's really quite amazing. Like, mm. It's really inspiring actually to think mm. you're from like a, a little village in Brandenburg during the GDR times and that you were yeah giving workshops in Yemen to <laughs> yeah to these different companies. So when we met in 2017. Yeah. Well actually no before that you moved so you moved to Berlin in 2011. Yeah. What brought you to Berlin? It was the thought that I get older and older and I had really to do so many jobs and not uh, spend so much time in my own work. And this is what I really want. I didn't do it. Also as a teacher, I brought many students to, I think, good works. Yeah. And in the end of one year of the semester, I asked me what I have made in this year. And so I, um, yeah, I went to Berlin. Uh, it was a main reason. Other family things with my man, he was then one year already here, came together. But also I did it to leave in my heart the Linhoff company, but yeah. it didn't happen uh -huh. till today, you know. <laughs> and so did you manage then whilst when you first came to Berlin to start doing more on your own projects? Yeah, yeah, but uh, it goes slowly. At first I'm looking around. I did a few exhibitions in near my hometown in Brandenburg in the museum. It was the first was in the, in the first year. It was 2011 and then 2013 again another exhibition there. So it goes step by step. Yeah. And also I was here in the BBK in Berlin and mm -hmm. the, I went to a few workshops to learn a little bit more. Mostly I'm the oldest one. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> but what shall I do? <laughs> I couldn't change this. And so, well, and in the beginning of, it was in January, I think, I remember I came to your workshop yeah. in the Linienstrasse. Yeah. In the, in the gallery. Yeah, well, I remember seeing your work yeah. and I think through what I do with the gallery and I think just how I am as a person and I think it was your 
maybe your self-published biography book, yeah. which you had your works from, I guess, from the 70s or from the 80s. No, even before then, wasn't it? It was like 20 years maybe worth of GDR yeah, photographs yeah, yeah. It that was GDR. Taken. Today I call it Biography East and Biography West, and it stopped this collection 89 when yeah. the wall fall down. Yeah. So I remember seeing those ones and then knowing Mark Barbie, who mm. has a strong interest in work of this period, of this area. It's like, okay, you two need to meet. Like this is a, there's something here possibly. Michael, this was a great thing. The best thing for me happened really was a helper in my way here in Berlin. And when you uh, told me, you know, Mark Bobby, no, I don't know. Well, uh, phone him, call him, write him. And in this workshop was also a photographer, a woman, and uh, she taught me, oh, I know Mark Barbie, it's a nice guy. And so I said, in the same evening, I wrote to him an email with a link yeah. to my work. And he answered really next day. And he came a few days later to me. And some months later, we made a very successful exhibition in his gallery. Yeah. And it's kind of gone on to bigger and bigger things now, yeah, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really great. After this, I got, uh, well, also we sold. So it was also good for him because yeah. he's a gallerist. For me, it was good to show that I got some feedback from people. I was very happy. But then we got um exhibition one year later in Aal, the first, not the whole room, but half of the room. It was so good, also good. And in Vendôme, it's a small photo festival in the middle of France. I, I don't know if you know it. They call it Promenade de Photographie. Mm-hmm. And then I was invited with a few works in Genf. And so on and so on it goes. And last year I had a big exhibition in Al again with Mark Barbe yeah. with a new project. Not anymore with the older <laughs> picture. Because the old ones, had you really shown them much before? I guess when you were working and traveling? No, like this, nobody. Really, no. So a lot of them from your archive had probably never really no, been no, no, seen no, before. No, no, no. You know, for me it was not so easy because the East German photography it was covered by Ostkreuz, you know? Yeah, okay. And I was, um, I lived in this time in the West. So I had no connection to these people. And also I had another way. I lived in both German states. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit, I had also a little bit other look of the other East German. Also about the problems I got in the past. So I guess from that point of view, then you had quite a different perspective that you're bringing to the work as well. Yeah. <laughs> like not just from the inside, like you had stepped out and then stepped back in. So you had seen it from both perspectives really, haven't you? Yeah. Which is unique, really. Not a lot of people have that chance, that opportunity. Yeah. It was, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> and had you been to Arl before? Or had you known about the festivals? Yeah, I have been there in the 90 just for looking and was... Um, I was very fascinating that it's such great festival just for photography. And then when I came back, it was uh, 2018 with the exhibition, with a small and last year with a bigger exhibition. It was, yeah, that was a great step for me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, also I'm very glad that I could show new work also, not the old ones, because last time, oh, it was a little bit mixed 
we had the top team was in all for our house was a woman. And Mike Barbet collect uh, pictures with women, old ones and new ones. And so he makes it. Okay. Yeah. Digital and analog and all together on one wall. Yeah. Wow. Because you, you do shoot both, don't you? You're not really more partial to one or the other. Like you just use your analog cameras or digital cameras. You're not really like, no, I have to work in one specific way. It's just whatever fits to the. <sighs> That's too boring for me. You know, yeah. if I work sometimes with one type of camera, then I think. I have played also with another kind of aesthetic and theme. And also I think that every theme needs his own tool. So, you know, this book Metropolis, Yeah, I did it by smartphone, yeah? Yeah, this is really amazing. <laughs> like to think somebody that's like really had their life with such technical equipment yeah. and using large format cameras and really like the kind of Rolls Royce of cameras. Yeah. You did it with a smartphone. <laughs> it was it was funny. It came also because I dealt with Instagram. Yeah. And in this time it was also twenty eighteen. A woman took me to a travel to Sri Lanka together with his uh, two boys. And I thought, oh me, a photographer, together with a family, it's horrible because I had the problem with my husband my whole life. You know, yeah. I want to make photos. They want to have holidays. It doesn't work together. But by smartphone, everybody took photos. It was okay. Mm -hmm. Then I heard that there's a new smartphone with black and white sensor. But really, I'm, I love black and white. I do also other things, but black and white is something special for me. So I bought last day for this, before this travel, this smartphone. And then I just played in this time for weeks in Sri Lanka. And after this, I feel that you really can do something with this tool. And then I started here in Berlin and post the pictures on Instagram and got, it was really funny the first time I got a lot of feedback. Yeah. People called me at home. That means they look who is that, go to my website, go to the telephone number, so in this way. And it was also a publishing house and it was a collector and it was some photographers. He wanted to make travel with me. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, together. Yeah, something like this. No, it was very funny. And then we wanted to make exhibition, but then came Corona, you know, and all exhibition were cancelled. Yeah. And then I decided to make a book because I couldn't go to exhibition with this new work. Well, I did a book. I asked Mark Barbie. He helps me by um, collecting pictures. And we did it in this hard time. And my nephew, he created a publishing house just for my book. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really, that's Arne, Arne Weingart. And he is normally has an agency for photo production for really big companies and also for some rock bands and so. Yeah. But he was also in this time, he also has no job, nothing. And he said, I do it with you. And so he make all the work with necessary. I made the design and we went together to the printing house and he make also the marketing work for me together with Mark Barbie, with Arne. My nephew and me, 
And so it was really good and in the very, very fast we sold our books, yeah. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and then Mark said, Well, we make the exhibition and after the book I made the prints. Yeah, this know. is also really interesting. This is. That's why a little bit why because the galleries can sell pictures on Barrett better than prints, you know? Yeah. That's why I thought, well, let's do this in this way and I made no, I didn't make it alone. We let made negatives from the files from this metropolis. Metropolis has all pictures from Berlin. And from the negatives, yeah, I made the enlargements, not too large, 30 by 40 centimeter. And I made it here in my room, in my kitchen. Yeah. In the hardest lockdown. Oh, my goodness. I do, did it here. I made it dark and yes. So it came. And after this, in the lockdown, we made... The opening, it was very hard time. Only Mark, her um, practicant, or yeah, was a volunteer, whatever, and me were to the opening. And we stream it, really live streaming yeah. and everything <laughs> only online. But well, that was a time. And so we did it. Yeah, but still you managed to, <laughs> to release it and launch it. Yeah, I thought it was so fascinating how you created negatives from photographs taken with an iPhone that then you printed yeah. Like in the dark room or in your your kitchen that you turned into a dark yeah, yeah. room that you printed them yourself. <laughs> okay, yeah. It's also the same procedure, like you made it with the normal analog negatives. You have to work with your hand. Yeah. It doesn't come one to one, you know? It's it's another yeah, technique. Well, exactly. Yeah, I think yeah, anyone yeah. that's worked in the dark room yeah, yeah. really knows the <laughs> how labor intense it is and how much time you need to spend like, just to get everything. It's, it was really hard work. Yeah. But it was also good work in this time, you know. Mm, I yeah. I couldn't get any depressive because I had to do. Yeah. And I was alone. There was nobody visit me. And so it was fine work for this. Yeah. yeah. Were those prints the same you showed in Arles last year? Yeah, it was. It was shown in Arles. And, and now in this year, we had a very, I think it was a good exhibition in Bordeaux, in Goethe Institute. And there we had three parts of my work. The one part was Metropolis and then one of the biographies, the old one, also the original prints. Yeah. And I made some big one just okay. for the exhibitions that was a big hall there and they wanted to have something also in a larger format. And a small one with this Amazonia, uh, you know, this small book. And we show uh, the first time pictures of this also on Barrett paper in black and white. Yeah. yeah. Oh, because you went to Brazil, didn't you? Yeah, I, it was also, I had an exhibition there. It was just two months before the pandemic time. I got an invasion there from Belem and from a young woman I met one month, two months before, one month before here in Berlin at the Analog Festival. I just went there because I was interested in and I saw all the young people uh, going there with a, with a small old camera yeah. <laughs> hanging on her uh, on the neck <laughs> and it was funny and yeah, I met a woman and she went to Brazil, she was, how to say, uh, Germanist, Germanistic. Uh, she was a teacher for German and she leads their institute and the university for German language. And then she had also uh, to organize some 
culture work. And so, so she asked me and then together with Goethe Institute in Salvador Bahia, she sponsored a little bit and some other, I don't know where, she was very clever. Yeah. They invited me and I was in Belem. It's near the Amazonas district. And I was there for one month, had a very interesting exhibition with very good feedback. And uh, it was a theme was biography, uh, pictures from two German states. But I didn't take the Barrett prints. I made prints there. I made it here in Britannien, where you can print yeah. alone in the workshop from BBK. Very, very good situation. Mm -hmm. And I bought a big roll and take it with me yeah. to Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. Thank you for sharing your story, Barbara. It's really <laughs> nice to hear like what you've achieved. And that I could have been a, a small part of it to help you kind of continue. Thank, thank you, Michael, again. But really, you were my helper in this way to get in contact here in Berlin. And yeah, thank you for coming today. Yeah. No, I really enjoyed our talk. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Barbara Wolf. She has lived an incredible life and will no doubt continue to do so. She's certainly an inspiration and a reminder that age does not have to be a limitation to pursuing your passions. On her Instagram page, she has uploaded unseen work, a kind of photonovela called The Old House in Erzgebirge, taken between 1977 and 1980, when she lived an alternative life in the countryside. If you're not already following Barbara on Instagram, you can find the link to her page in the show notes, together with her official website, and links to her exhibitions at Collection Regard in Berlin. I'm travelling a bit over the next few months, visiting Photo Festival in Wuj, Poland, and later reviewing portfolios at Recontres Al in France. So if you're attending either event, perhaps we'll see each other there. My course, How to Promote Your Photography in the Art World, which I mentioned in the intro and during the episode, is gradually being converted into an online offering. Last week, we had our first live webinar, which marked the beginning of helping photographers and artists find their way through this new online offering. If you're curious to learn more, please do get in touch. Subtext and Discourse Art World Podcast is streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and every major podcast platform. If you enjoyed this episode and know someone else who would appreciate it, please send them a link so they can benefit from it too. That's all for now. Thanks again for tuning in. My name's Michael Dooney, and you've been listening to Subtext and Discourse.